everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my very good friend and co-host from the beginning, Father Richard Heilman. Tonight, we have the world-famous, the illustrious, the all-knowing, all-seeing. Okay, that sounds a little strange, but we have Deacon <laughs> with us. He's awesome. He, just, he knows uh, a lot. Just look at the books behind him. This man knows a lot. He wrote all those. He did all of that, them. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great show. Before we get started, everything's got to start with prayer. Father Heilman, of course, we leave that to you. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, Seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Excellent, excellent, wonderful. And thank you, everybody, for joining us in that prayer. Thank you for joining us every time you listen to or watch the U.S. Grace First podcast. That means a lot to us, and I mean that sincerely. You are in our prayers, and we appreciate us being in your prayers as well. And for those of you out there who remember us in your rosaries, your, your hours of adoration, your mass intentions, and we hear this from people periodically, that means an awful lot to us. One of the greatest things Father and I could ever tell you that really means so much to us is when people tell us that something like the U.S. Grace Force podcast helps people get through, you know, difficult times, challenges, you know, the darkness of our times, which is part of what we're going to be addressing here tonight. And this is an important thing to remember is that as Catholics, our job as Christians everywhere, but especially as Catholics, we have the, the, we have the light of Christ in us, especially when we have that love for our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, the love of the Blessed Mother. We need to carry that out into the world. And so those of you who support this podcast through your prayers and your, your, uh, your just intentions, and, and even those who support us through the Patreon program, the financial support, that means everything to us and really helps us keep this going. So we thank all of you for that. Please click the link in the description below if you want to help support us financially. If you want to send us a comment, let us know what's going on in your heart and your life and uh, other subjects you'd like us to address as well. That also helps us with this podcast because we want to bring to you you know, the food, the nourishment, the help that'll, again, help you get through the difficult times. And we brought someone on who understands how important it is to have that fire and that zeal, you know, and exercising the darkness of our times. There's a lot going on in the world right now. As we record this podcast, the president of China, is a president or more of a dictator? I don't know how you, how you define this guy. Uh, president Xi Jinping is actually meeting in Moscow with with Putin. And so we've got a lot of confusion, a lot of heaviness going on in the world right now. Talk of war, you know, pestilence, disease, financial problems, all these things that are out there. And it's, it, it kind of shakes you up a little bit. And I know Father Heilman, this has really been on your heart lately. And you and I talk regularly and something gets going in your heart. And I just know the Holy Spirit's moving you. And <laughs> Deacon, of course, was top of the list to get on to, to address yes. this. So. Yeah, so I, yeah. I we thought we thought of Deacon right away because uh, we wanted to hit this topic. Um, Deacon, thank you so much. I'm like your biggest fan. I don't know if you know that, but I'm even a bigger yeah. fan because you got on uh, before we started and said, "Oh, I'm, you're losing a lot of weight, Father." Yes, <laughs> you, know, you look. You are looking good. You are looking good, Father. Look, I tell you, I, it's thanks, it's thanks, awesome, man. It's be it's a beautiful thing to see. You know, I, it really is. And, I, I'm I'm praying for yeah. you, and so many others are as well. Yeah. You're doing fantastic. Keep it going. Well, and and Doug has a lot to do with it because he's uh, he's got his BR coalition, and it's just I'm on board, and I wanna I wanna uh, take care of mind, body, soul, and 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 all of that. So, anyways, uh, thank you, 
And again, I am one of your biggest fans because I love your energy. And I love oh, yeah. that you, you know, your love of the Lord is so apparent. And uh, I, I asked Doug, I said, can we get Deacon on for this? Because I, I want to talk about some. So let me set this up real quick, okay? Because this is what happened. Well, I'm, I'm going to frame it this way. Uh, it started for me back, well, we were all just, you know, brutalized with with uh, tyranny and darkness and all this stuff with the, the uh, COVID scare that was going on. And especially in 2020. Well, in that same year, uh, on December 21st, 2020, uh, we received what was called a Christmas star. I'm not sure who dubbed it that name, but it was so close to Christmas, 21st of, of December, that uh, that it was called that. But it was a, a convergence of, I think, Saturn and Jupiter, but it made this huge bright light up in the sky. And what, what timing. And I, I always believe that God's, you know, doing something there. He's trying to show us that, that it's always uh, darkest before the dawn, right? That, that old expression, but that, but we need to keep hope alive. And we, we need to, to understand that Christ came into the world as our light and we're called to be light. And I, I, I just, and I also felt too, that uh, we need a revival. You know, I, we, we, we got that Pew research report in August 5th of 2019 that said that we're down to just 30% of people that uh, right around there that, that believe that's Jesus on the altar anymore. So there's a lot to do. Now we see the Eucharistic revival happening. I want to see a revival. I want to see a revival. So, okay, I'm going to fast forward now <laughs> because I'm kind of setting all this up. But, um, uh, okay, there's that 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 Christmas star in, in December uh, 21st. Uh, of course, that was the darkest day of the year. That's the winter solstice. And so lots of symbolism there. And I know I always get accused of connecting the dots, but <laughs> I love doing that. Anyways, um, so uh, somebody contacted me um, about a week or so ago and said that, have you ever heard of this? And I said, what? He's, and she said, well, this, this friend of mine was in Bethlehem at the place where Jesus was born. And uh, there's, it's, it's a beautiful sight. It's like a tile. And then there's like this star that's bursting uh, on the, on the floor. It's, it's just a part of the architecture, but, but then there's this window, this round window that looks down at the very spot where the second person, the Holy Trinity was born into the world. Well, they've got oil lamps and I, I didn't know this. I don't know if you guys knew it, but those oil lamps have not gone out for over a thousand years. Mm. And they let you, if you want, to take a flame from one of those oil lamps. And so these people did, and she was trying to explain it to me, they got like a private plane home. So they're literally holding this candle with the flame to come back to the United States. And they pass the flame off to this, this, this gal that I know, who said, Father, if you want, I'd, I'd like to bring it over. I said, yes. You know, and, and it, it's such a powerful symbol. And I, I happened to be doing a 40-hour fast at the time, and, uh, and the doorbell rings in the 40th hour. And here's the, the, the light of Bethlehem that comes in the 40th hour of a 40-hour fast. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up, right? But anyways, uh, so I received that light. Then I said, well, this was earlier in the week this past week, and I said um, to myself, I says, uh, I'm going to wait until everybody comes for weekend masses and so and then I'm going to explain that I have this, and I'm also going to say to them, uh, I have 200 little uh, uh, little votive candles that you're welcome to take and bring this light to your home and spread it if you want, whatever you want to do with it. But uh, but this light is 
is meant to be spread. And we did that. And so <clears throat> that was this past weekend. Well, leading up to the weekend, I'm going, I wonder if the I can get the readings to kind of fit, you know, what this is all about. So I look ahead to the readings and um, you wouldn't believe that here's the second reading, Paul's letter to the Ephesian. Brothers and sisters, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for light produces every kind of goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitless works of darkness. Rather, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention the things done by them in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, and here's the conclusion, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Now, this is on Leitari. This is a Sunday where we're celebrating moving into the, the final days of, of, uh, of Lent leading up to victory over death, right? Holy Week, you know, the, the, Jesus laid in the tomb. That's over, you know, it's all done. No, he conquered death. Uh, light had come into the world, and it's a power that 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 is more powerful than even death, but certainly against the powers of darkness. And so it was just a powerful symbol. So I actually had, I passed out these, um, these votive lights to everybody and they came forward and they actually knelt like they, they were receiving communion. And I went to each one and I lit their candles. I actually took a candle that was blessed by Bishop Marlino. That's his, uh, his uh, skull cap right there. But um, anyways, um, and, and I passed the, the light on to each one. Anyways, <laughs> I hope that wasn't too long of a story, but you can tell I'm all geeking out about this. And you know, I don't know what, here's the light right here. Okay. You'll have to, there we go. See it. That's, that's the light that was brought from the birthplace of Jesus across the ocean into the United States. And there it is. And it has not gone out. And, and, uh, that's the light that we are passing on to everyone. So, uh, I don't know if anybody else is excited about this, but I am. But it's a powerful symbol, isn't it? Christ came into the world. He is our light. Deacon, you know, we're called to be light. You know, the, 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 the title of our, our podcast tonight is Exercising the Darkness of Our Times. You know, isn't this the prescription? Isn't this the antidote? Isn't this the way of exercising that darkness is how we can become a powerful source of light wouldn't it be great i want a revival so bad wouldn't it be great to get everybody lit up and to push out the powers of darkness that seem to be claiming victory right now deacon what do you can you get your your view on that again i'm sorry i blabbed on so much I, but no i yeah i i i couldn't agree with i couldn't agree with you more father Hamann. Uh, you are you are spot on let me make a couple of, of observations here F first of all we talk, you talked about the winter solstice, okay? That's the right. day that we have the least amount of, where the most amount of darkness, right? Right. And that's why Christmas where, is where it is. Some people say, right. well, it's taking the place of some pagan holiday. No, it's the time of the year where there's the most amount of darkness. That's when the light of Christ yes. comes into the world. That's when we celebrate Christmas, when Jesus comes into the world, when he's born, the light that penetrates the darkness. Because yes. remember, what is the darkness? The absence of light. Right. That's what darkness is. Right. The second thing is this. Just a little secular observation here, Father and Doug. There's a movement now, because we do this every year, right? We change the clocks. 
right? The daylight savings time, they move back to standard time. There's a movement, I'm sure we're all aware, that they're trying to end or, you know, trying to end the movement of the clock. So it's daylight savings time will be the permanent time. So there'll be no more switching clocks back and forth. Now, think about that. They want to keep daylight savings time, which means to me that that speaks of some in some way. The secular culture recognizes the need for more light in the world. And this little thing about keeping daylight savings time and making it the new standard time, that means there's going to be even more light in the world. Something just a little secular like that, right? Yeah. Speaks to the reality of what we're talking about today. And when you look at the scriptures, for example, after Jesus forgives the woman um, who was caught in adultery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they try to trap Jesus. Again, they, they, here's people that are trying to bring darkness. Here's the light. They're, they're trying to bring this darkness to the light. And, and Jesus shines the light of truth on that right. situation. Because remember what was happening there. They, they, they thought, okay, we have him trapped. If he says stone her, then he's preaching mercy, forgiveness, reconciliation, and peace. He's, he's contradicting his own teaching. He's a hypocrite. If he says don't stone her, he can't be the Messiah because he's, he's uh, uh, violating the law, right? Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, and Deuteronomy 22, verse 22 about stoning. But what does Jesus do? He bends down and writes something on the ground, right? We, we don't know what he wrote, but I think he wrote, where's the dude, right? Because <laughs> the, if they're trying to trap him on the point of the law, Leviticus 20:10 and Deuteronomy 22, 22 says that both the man and the woman caught in adultery were to be stoned to death, but they only brought the woman. See? So, so there's Jesus shining the light in this dark moment. But after they all walk away and he stands there, he says, I don't condemn you. Either go and sin no more. Right after that, literally, verse 12, this is um John chapter 8, verse 12 says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, so what is Jesus telling us? We have to follow him, not the dictates of the world. Forget the right. cancel culture. For, for, forget uh, 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 you know, the, the way the culture is trying to change gender and marriage and re-identify everything. We have to follow Jesus because Jesus is the light that penetrates the darkness and will lead us into the eternal light of heaven, which is yes. where our ultimate home is. Not here on earth. It's with Jesus in heaven. Deacon, I mean, get right at it if you don't mind early on here in the podcast and break down for people to be that light in the world right now. I mean, we want to exercise the darkness, right, of our times. We were called to be that light. We're called to be instruments of that light. We're called to do what Father described, you know, the light comes to his house and within a few days, he's got it out now with 200 votive candles, spreading that to other people. Break that down. How does the average person on a day-to-day basis be that light. Um, like, how do we act that out? How do we live that out and engage that in a day-to-day way? I, I, I'll draw a parallel here for you, Doug. Um, if you look at the book of Daniel chapter three, this is the Babylonian, this is the beginning of the Babylonian exile. King Nebuchadnezzar comes in and takes over. Why? Why does God allow that? They're the chosen people, the people of Israel. Why does he allow them to be brought into captivity? Because the people, the Israelites were supposed to be that light in the darkness. Remember, God revealed himself to the Israelites, the chosen people, the God's light, in order to spread that light, to spread the knowledge of God to all the other nations around them. Instead, 
they began to extinguish that light and to adapt the ways and the thinking and the uh, of the cultures around them and that light started to go out so said god said well you want to embrace the the darkness okay it's going to be dark and bam babylonian exile but in the midst of that what happens king nebuchadnezzar tries everything he do try everything he can to try to turn the israelites against the lord but there were three young men hananiah azariah and mishael so he, he creates this, uh, this statue, and he wants everybody, the Israelites, to worship this golden image that he set up. Well, those three young men said, look, yes, we're, we're living in the midst of the darkness right now, but we will stand up and be the light in the midst of the darkness. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, um, you know, we're not going to do this. So he brings them to, he goes, is this true that I hear? You're not going to bow down before the, the images? Because if you don't, I'm going to throw you into the fire. And who, and I love this part, he, he challenges God, who will deliver you out of my hand? In other words, he's saying, I'm your daddy. I'm your God. I'm, you, you, wanna, you want dark, I, I'm the one that you need to turn to, you know, forget about God. And what do these three young men do? God, I love these guys. And this is, this is what we need to do today in our everyday life. They said, oh, king, be it known to you that we will not serve the golden image that you have set up. And, and we believe that our God will save us. But if not, but if not, that means we believe that God will draw us out of this. But if he chooses not to, we will still not worship your God. Ah, see, we, we, we need people to stand up. to be. And what does the king never going to do? He throws them in the furnace. The furnace, there's the light of the furnace, right? What does that light do? It burns away the darkness. So King Nebuchadnezzar thought the light was going to destroy them. But God used that light to show forth his majesty and his power. So even, remember, the flame was so hot that the guys that threw them into the fire got burned up themselves. That's how hot the fire was, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't we feel like that right now? Right, Doug and Father Hama, you were making that, that very point. We are in the flames. We, yeah. We're in the midst of this. We feel like we're burning, right? The, the, look what's going on with the German bishops, you know, uh, with, the, yeah. with the Putin and, and China and, and disease yeah. and all this other stuff going on. It's just like, just Jesus, just just bring the meteor. Just end it, man. <laughs> you know? Wait, you know? hold on. What? I just want to make something clear. Deacon mentioned the meteor, i.e. <laughs> comet, okay, before I did. Okay? He said it first, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm not making any sort of social commentary, but I'm just saying sometimes you just feel like, look, Jesus, just like be done with this whole thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and just, you know what? I would agree with that because right now we're here at drag, you know, drag queen story time and, and, uh, and yep. all this just bizarre behavior. The governor of Minnesota declares the state of Minnesota a sanctuary state for people who, for children who are dealing with transgender surgery. I mean, they're calling it gender affirming healthcare, all this stuff. All of this is staring us in the face. And you're right, Deacon. A lot of people are just thinking, Lord, please come just intervene yeah. do something big and and it's hard because a lot of people are really getting a sense of that darkness on a whole nother level now um and and i love that analogy never or not analogy but the story never can easier and, and, and i mean the whole thrown in the furnace i didn't know that the guys were burned up who actually threw him in yeah yep the guys that threw them in there because remember uh king nebuchadnezzar uh ordered that the fire be stoked seven times hotter than it normally is and the, and it was so hot 
that again, the guys that threw them in there, they they burned up themselves. In fact, it says, because of the king's order was strict and the furnace very hot, the flame of the fire slew those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See? So it burned them up. But here's the here's here's the point. Here's the point. What are those men doing, those young men doing in the midst of the flames? Are they whining? Are they complaining? Are they cursing God for what's happening to them? No, they're praising God yep. in the midst of the flames. Think about it. So we're in the midst of the flames right now. So in order to be that light, that, that beautiful light of Christ, we need to be praising God yes. in the midst of the darkness yes. right now. So yes. instead of whining and complaining about who's the Pope and this decision and the president and all this kind of stuff, we yep. need to be honoring God. Yes. What are they saying? They're saying, blessed are you, Lord God of our fathers, praise and exalted above all forever. So are we honoring God? Are we worshiping God? Are we witnessing to the power of God with our life? Are we going to adoration? You talked about the Eucharist. We need that Eucharistic revival. We need to put Christ at the center of our lives yes. and the center of our hearts again. You know, yes. that's where the light is going to be stoked up. Because right now, the, the flames is like charcoal, like buried underneath. Yep. We got to stir it up. We got to yep. stir it up. And that's how we do it, by yeah. witnessing to the power of God's love in, in the world right now. Yeah, I, I think you guys I think you guys are like me, that you have a heart for all the people that, that were either in despair or on the verge of despair mm -hmm. during at least the last three years, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember going, I, I can't sit idly by and do nothing. You know, so one of the things that we, we try to do, too, is expose the evil. But the other thing I remember feeling compelled to do. And Deacon, I'd like to get your, your, your opinion on this. But I decided not once a month, not even once a quarter, but every Thursday night, which is a, uh, the day set aside for the Holy Eucharist, we are going to get together and we are going to kneel before our Lord in the Holy Eucharist. We're going to have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. I'm going to offer the Sacrament of Mercy, the Sacrament of Confession, so that what? And here's the way, and now that we, here's the, because the light's sitting right here, you know, um, I, I make this connection. What are we doing? It's like we're coming to the light. Like you take a candle and you push it, put it up to the, up to the, that light and you get lit from it. That's what we were doing in this Eucharistic adoration. And this was before, you know, I was lamenting that they weren't basically doing anything Based on the Pew Research report in, in 2019, only a couple of months before uh, the virus broke out, but uh, I said this is what we need to do. We, in essence, we have to. Here, you're good. You got a wider shot. We have to take a candle and bring it to the light and get it lit. That's Eucharistic adoration. I I truly Amen. felt that because. It's 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 our Lord there. Either it's a cracker, and we're all a bunch of idiots sitting there kneeling, or you you're you're there for a few minutes, and you have to call out, "My Lord and my God." Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. And then what we did, Deacon, is after we had that hour of Eucharistic adoration, we went out on the lawn, and we had a picnic together. And so we we're taking the lights, the people that were lit up by coming to the light and getting themselves lit by that, now you're taking all those lights and you're bringing them together. And you're making a bonfire. We literally had a bonfire outside. But, but the smiles, 
the joy amidst, okay, so much darkness and tyranny and brutalism that was going on during that time. I, I just feel, again, I want a revival. Uh, I love that we're in now the midst of Eucharistic revival. In fact, my bishop actually uh, asked all the parishes to start doing uh, Thursday night ho holy hours with each other. And I, I hope everybody does the same thing. We're after the holy hour. Let's get together and let's let's share that light. Let's get close to one another. Let's become a family. Let's become united. That's the word I've used so much because this was this has been brutal. It, 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 Diabolos is the great divider. He's been dividing us. We need to get united. So I don't know, Deacon. Um, here we are in uh, 2023. And uh, we've we've been oppressed by this uh, tyranny of darkness. Um, what what is your prescription? What it, or, or, or could I get your opinion on my decision to every Thursday night? You know, for like a year, uh, we decided we're going to we're going to do that. What do you think of that? Uh, that is absolutely spot on. Everybody should be doing that. Yes. I mean, to me, Eucharistic adoration, being in the presence of Christ, is is awesome. Think and think about this. You cut Father Heilman. <laughs> you just you just helped me make a connection here. I, I was just thinking about this while the three young men were in the flames. Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, "Wait a minute! I thought there were three dudes in there. There's a fourth one that looks like a son of God." He says, yeah. "Okay." So in the midst of the flames, there is, well, you could say it was an angel, or you could say it was a, you know, a prefigurement of Christ, right? And so what are you doing? Same thing, Father Hamlet, with Eucharistic adoration. There's Christ in the midst of this darkness around us. There's the focus on Christ of the Eucharist, right? So he's with us in the midst of all this, just like he was with those three young men in the flames, Christ is also with us. And, and, and I love the fact that in Eucharistic adoration, we're focusing on silence, huh? Yes. Because yes. silence helps bring the light. Yes. Silence helps bring the light. Because think about it. That flame that's burning behind you there is not making any noise, right? It's not making noise. But, but what draws us is the light and that silence that draws us in. And I love the fact that adoration, because we live in a world that's so noisy, that's so filled with, we can't, we can't hear God's voice. Right, right. And what adoration allows us to do is listen to the voice of God yes. and allow that voice to change our lives. Yes, yes. That's why I get my, that's why I get my inspiration. I write my homilies yes. I, uh, uh, before well, adoration. She did that. Oh, oh yeah. see, well, what's, I'm, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm in good, <laughs> uh, I'm in yeah. good company following after the great one. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I'm writing my books, you know, I always final proof before I send them to the, off to the editor, I always final proof my book. Every line, I sit before adoration. If it takes a week, then it takes a week. Do all the final fine-tuning, final reading through in adoration before I, I send it off to the publisher. I do that every each and every time. Nice. Because I don't. it, it, it can't be about me. You remember, I'm right. just, we're just instruments. God's a musician. And adoration allows us to become finely tuned instruments in God's hands. Yeah. Right. So, so we can be that beautiful fine tuned light in the darkness of this world. You know what, real quick, uh, I wanted to, this, this, uh, popped in my head too, about those nights that we were together on those Thursday nights, we made them very special. Okay. And we got like these floor standing candelabras and candles all the way down the aisle and the choir saying, uh, that just periodically we had those periods of silence, a beautiful silence. 
But every once in a while, this beautiful motet, this polyphony, and oh, I, I got chills even talking about it. It's so beautiful. But what's going on there? A lot of people probably either never got into adoration, understood what it was before, or maybe they had an aversion to it because, you know, you're used to moving and you're on the treadmill of life and you, it's hard to stop. But it literally was helping us, forming us, training us to fall in love with just stopping. And I like to say, I, I always use the beautiful image to describe adoration is Martha and Mary. You know, they got the second person, Holy mm. Trinity in their home and Mary stops and she gets as close as she can get. And she hangs on his every word and she stares and she's in adoration. What's Martha doing? She's doing what we're, we're compelled to do. That we're going to keep on with the busyness of life. And, blah, blah, blah. and Martha, Martha, you're, we're, we're anxious and upset about so, so many things. Because why? Because we, we're not stopping like Mary did at the feet of Jesus. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful time for people to fall in love with adoration. And that's why we did it as a group as well with the beauty of, of, of uh, you know, the, the surroundings and, and, the, and the choir music and all that. Uh, but it, it, people, you, you get, you're there for a little bit and it doesn't take long where you go, why am I not doing this more often? This is amazing. And then, and then after that, you, you know, you 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 don't need the choir or whatever uh, because you just love just being there at the feet of Jesus and just, just, and, and you're getting lit. You're getting close now. So his flame can touch your wick, the wick of your soul, right? And gets you lit up. I, I, and I'm convinced that adoration is, is the antidote, uh, for, uh, what's going on in our church, especially with, with a lot of people that don't believe in the, um, real presence and, and just a lot of people falling away. I, but to do it like that, to do it as a family, you know, and, and to help people to, to cultivate a, a love for uh, wanting to be alone with the Lord, uh, in adoration. Uh, right, Deacon? Yeah. Oh, I, I could not agree with you more. That is my number one uh, go-to is adoration. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love the rosary. I love the Chaplain of Divine Mercy. I love all the, the wonderful devotions and novenas we have in the church. But my absolute number one is Eucharistic adoration. Yeah. I love being before the Lord. I love the silence. It gives me the energy and the courage that yes. I need to stand up to, to what's going on in this culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Deacon, um, you know, what you two were saying and how you're saying it, I know some in the audience are completely 100% on board, and there are going to be those out there who are going to be in that state of, I don't get this fire they have. I don't understand this desire to be lit. I, I, I just, I, it's just not for me. It's only for certain people, certain personalities. Uh -huh. It's only, you know, it's my grandma was that way. You know, she prayed the rosary, went to adoration every week faithfully for, you know, a hundred years. And okay, that was her, but that's not me. Deacon, what do you say to those people? Because I believe just like every single body, physical body on the earth is designed by God at about 75% fluid, liquid, hydration, water. We need to be hydrated. There's no one on this planet who can go more than about three days or so without water and you're dead. Your body needs it. Everybody's built the same way physically when it comes to certain basic things like water, hydration, proteins, and this and that. The same concept spiritually, would it not be this, then, that we are all designed by God for this truth? What do you say to those people who don't quite get 
what how both of you are so lit up on a fire. I mean, I feel the same way, but you just both went through that. Oh, this would be so close. And I feel the same way when I go to adoration. Sometimes I'm heading out, I'm running some errands and I will stop even if it's for 10 minutes, you know, or I'll make an hour. But if it's even a five or 10 minute stop, oftentimes it turns into 15 or 20 or more because I just love being in silence there in the church yeah. with them. But for those who don't get that, don't think it's for them, what do you say? Okay, here's the thing. Yes, we're all different. We, we all have different, uh, uh, we're all different uh, places on our journey with the Lord, okay? Right. But here's the thing. Uh, everybody's trying to find happiness in life. No matter what state in life you're in, no matter where you are, your journey of faith, you're trying to find happiness. But you will not find true happiness unless you have the light of Christ's joy. Let me explain what I mean. Romans chapter eight, starting at verse five, St. Paul says, for those who live according to the flesh, right? And the word he uses there is sarks and Greeks, which one of its meanings is worldly things, fleshy things, um, material things, right? right? So he goes, those who live according to the world, to the mind of the world, uh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit, focusing on God, set their minds on the things of the spirit. That makes sense. To set the mind on the flesh, on the world, is death, right? So mavet, or in Greek, thanatos, means death. In fact, that's where Marvel got the, the, the name Thanos from. You know, the guy that snaps his fingers, everything dies? Yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. from the Greek word, comes from the Greek word thanatos, which means death. So, so if you want to focus on the things of the world, you will not have God's life in you. That's where so many people are. They just think, all I have to do is be a good person and I'll get to heaven. Right. But they're in, so that they're trying to find happiness with the material things of the world, with just existing and not living. They just get up, they have their coffee, they go to work, they they try to be good, they try to say good things to people apart from Christ, and they will never ever find true joy. They will never have intimate, personal, loving communion with Jesus Christ. Is what their heart is yearning for, and so they look at someone like us and say, "You guys are just a bunch of Jesus freaks. You're just a bunch of religious zealots. You know, come on, you know." Um, but 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 really, in their heart of hearts, they're saying. God, I wish I wish what they had. I had what they had, but you can have that. But you have to focus on the things of the. To finish the quote, what Saint Paul says: "To set the mind on the flesh is death; to cut yourself off from God's life. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace." And that's why we're so passionate, enthusiastic, my friends who are listening. You might be one of those people listening to the Grace Force podcast right now, saying, "God, these guys, man, there's no way I could be like that." You don't have to be like us. You know, passion doesn't mean you have mm -hmm. to have a loud voice. Right. Passion right. is comes from the inside. It comes from the inside. So that joy of the Lord, the life and peace that St. Paul is talking about is when you witness to the power of God's light working in your life. Jesus tells us about this. Remember, um, he says, you are the light of the world. A city uh, on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Right, he put it on the stand so it gives light to the whole house. He goes, Let your light shine before men. So, again, you don't do it the way I do it, you don't do it the way that Doug, that, that Doug Barry does it, you don't do it the way Father Hallman does it. You have to do it the way that God has called you to do it. It may be a quiet kind of joy where you're just a powerful witness to God's love, it may be walking around with a crucifix in public, mm -hmm. and people come up to you and say, You know what? I, I really like that cross, thank you for that witness. 
You know, that that's evangelization. That's what is the power of God's love, right? It, it may be, you know, um, for, for example, um, I have a friend of mine uh, who uh, took someone who was uh, transgendered in, into their home because their, their family had rejected this person. And so uh, this was a good Catholic person who who uh, said, you know, uh, that person had no place else to go, was going to live on the street. And so uh, the, their their child had asked them to take this person in. And so they did. Um, again, not, they weren't approving of the person's lifestyle choices or anything like that. But what they said was, I want to show this person who is confused and hurting, I want to show them the light of Christ. And so they welcomed them into the home. They treated them with dignity and respect. You know, they didn't, they didn't call them, you know, whatever gender thing, you know, they, they said, I'm not going to do that, but I, you know, you're going to, you're welcome this home because Christ would welcome you. Um, and, and you know, he said, he made it very clear. You know, you, you don't have to come to church with us, but here's the deal. And now imagine some people are saying, well, what, that's crazy. Why did he do that for? But think about this, this person, this, this transgender individual, when they left that house, you know what? I thought Catholics were all a bunch of lunatics. I thought they hated us. Mm. All I heard was Catholics are full of hate. Here was someone when everybody else rejected me and I was going to live on the street. This person took me into their home. Huh? Maybe they're, you see, you see, huh? Mm. That's the light in the darkness. Right. Right. And you That's what we're it, talking about here. And you describe that as the person doesn't accept and embrace Yes, the life or, or, or the, the choices and all. And, and I think that's a distinction that has to be made is, you know, G people say, well, Jesus loved everybody. He did. And he ate with sinners. Yes. But he always called them to a, a better life, to an ordered life, to a converted life as he does to all of us. He doesn't, he doesn't come in and start, you know, whipping and beating them up and all. He, he's, he's saying, look, I love you. You know, Zacchaeus come down from the tree. I'm going to eat at your house tonight. You know, Mary Magdalene, yes, you know, you convert, you know, sin no more. I mean, it, it constantly, I love you, but sin no more. I love yes. you, I accept you, but sin no more. So yes. I accept you, but I don't accept all the choices. Not everything, not everything and every choice and behavior can be accepted, but the person is always so dignified and loved. And 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 that that's just such an important part. And I agree with you on that, Deacon, is that we've got to have that that attitude that says, you know, I'm I'm in this world, I gotta fight the bad things that are out there. But I've got to do it in a way that says to people, you're a child of God, and I love you because of that. But again, not embracing the life. Because that, I mean, Deacon, don't you get a feeling that that's what they're throwing at us when I say they? Many out there who are trying to say, not only do you need to accept my life, whatever it may be, that's sinful, you need to embrace it and even take part in it. You know, when we start telling an NHL hockey team that they have to wear a certain jersey with colors to endorse a lifestyle and this and that. They're not just trying to say, accept it. They're saying, you got to abide by it and embrace it. And our job as Christians to be the light to exercise this darkness has got to be, no, even if you're going to throw me in a fire that's been stoked seven times hotter than normal, I can't. But that doesn't mean I'm not still going to you know, pray for you and, and respect the fact that God created you with a certain dignity. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense, Doug. See, the problem is in our culture, identity has become a cultural construct. Mm. We're allowing the culture to define who I am. We're letting subjective truth define who I am. For, I, I'll give you an example. Some people say, oh, you're a black Catholic. I said, oh, no, 
I'm a Catholic who's black. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? Are you rejecting your blackness? Are you rejecting? No, no, no. When I die and stand before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be judged, he ain't going to ask me how black I am. Right. He, right. It, what, what, my identity comes from the fact that I am a loyal son of the living God. That is my identity. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my, I'm, I'm from, I was born in Barbados. I love my Caribbean heritage. I love our music. I love our food. I still speak our dialect. But because you see me the way God sees me, and because I identify as a son of God first, now you're able to appreciate all the other beautiful gifts that yeah. make me who I am. Right. But my primary, fundamental, primordial identity is in Jesus Christ. Race, color, language, that's wonderful, but that's not, that's not how, that doesn't identify me. Being a son of God identifies me and the other beautiful accoutrement that God has blessed me with. And I love being black, okay? I love everything about being black. I thank God every day I'm black. But my identity is a loyal son of the living yeah. God. Yeah, That's yeah. first. That's where the light comes from. Perfect. Yep. Accoutre what? Accoutrement. I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> but but let me but let me finish let me finish the story because this is a cr crazy important to 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 to, uh, to our discussion. The three young men they're not burning, so Nebuchadnezzar takes them out of the furnace. And not only were they not they didn't smell, they didn't they, their clothes weren't burned or singed or their skin. They didn't even smell like they were on fire. And check this out, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, right? He he says this. I don't understand. How come these guys aren't burning? There's only one conclusion. Here's what he says. Therefore, I make this decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn from limb to limb. Their houses be laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. What? Nebuchadnezzar's now woke. He's yeah. the he was the one that was asleep and he yep. was awakened by the truth of the light of Christ. Yes. And if we witness to that, if we stand up as Catholics and we have that same witness, this culture will wake up. Yes. Nice. Yeah, and I love Deacon too. You know, I love your energy. I said I'm your biggest fan, but um but everybody I love how you said everybody's going to express that in their own God-given way. You know, they're going to express that joy. But the bottom line is this, that they're happy. God wants you happy, you know? Um, I, I, that, this is when I got a uh, quote from uh, some, an article I wrote where it says, Survey, surveys by Gallup, the National Opinion Research Center, and the Pew Organization conclude that spiritually devout people are twice as likely to report being very happy than the least religious people, Right? Uh, yep. it's just true and i read that i went yeah i knew that you know because <laughs> i'm i'm one of those people that i i'm just i feel like i'm lit up by the lord and 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 not only do i feel happy but i want everybody else to to feel it you know and so if i see people and again uh you know what we've gone through in especially the last three years i couldn't sit by and let people fall into despair or get swept away by the lies of the tyrant tyrants or anything like that. We had to do something, anything to, to, to pull them 
uh, to lift them up, right? To lift them up. And that's why, too, I, I, I honestly believe that we're living in an historic moment. And this is a moment where we're being tested. And we're being tested. Are Do we really believe in God? If we truly believe in God, if we truly believe in God, then we know that God is far more powerful than any darkness or satanic forces out there. We got to keep hope alive. We got to keep hope alive. And that's going to come by our willingness to get as close as we can get to the Lord. Again, get our, the wick of our soul up against the fire of his sacred heart and, and get lit up, get lit up and celebrate being happy. Celebrate being happy. Yeah. Um, I, I I do this in a lot of different ways, uh, but this just, uh, I re remember this one. This weekend, our parish had, they called it the Super Bowl family fun night, but it was a, uh, a soup and chili cook-off while father participated. <laughs> and I did, I put together my Packer chili and I was, uh, Doug, uh, um, we, let's, let's show some of these pictures because I was yeah. quite a dork that night. This was Saturday night. And, and oh man, did we have fun. And we laughed and we celebrated and we just had a, a good old time. Sometimes I think people think religion is about, you know, oh, you're dour and you're, oh, you're, yeah. no, it's not. Celebrate every moment of every day of your life as a wonderful gift from God. And anyways, uh, there were 18 contestants. I won. <laughs> was so good. All right. Yeah. My, my famous Packer chili, five meat chili is, is really good. But again, we had a blast this Saturday night and just goofing off and just having a, a riot with each other. But again, these were all people who I just told Pew, Pew Research Study, they're, they're all lit up. They're all they, their, their, their souls have been ignited by the fire of, of God. You know, after we offer the petitions every Sunday, I always end with that prayer. Um, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. I pray that prayer every mass at the conclusion of our intercessions. That's, that's the key. We've got to let ourselves be lit. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell me. Martha, Martha, come on over here like Mary. Get your wick close to my heart, you know, and get lit up and bring that light to those around us. Uh, Deacon, I, it's true, isn't it? I mean, everybody, everybody, um, everybody offers their gifts, whatever they've been given by God, in their own unique um, way in which God has gifted them. Uh, is that true, Deacon? Oh, abs absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the thing is, every everyone's different. We have different temperaments. We have different personalities. We have different ways of expressing ourselves. Yes. You know, some people are shyer. Some people are more outgoing. Yep. Actually, truth be told, I'm an introvert. You know, and, I know introvert. it doesn't seem like Doug's that. An no, introvert. Everybody, everybody's We're all laughing. Introverts. But yeah. you know, jo Johnette Bankovic asked me once on an EW10 show. She said, "When do you?" most feel like Deacon Harold. I said, when I'm in adoration. Yes. Th that's when I feel most like myself yes. when I'm before Jesus Christ in adoration. And yep. and let me, it's important. Let me make a, a point to the, to go to your point, Father Heilman, about the happiness. See, you can't, if you try to find happiness without joy, 
then it becomes a, a flame that goes out. Right. right. So, for example, you have the you have the house, you have all the beautiful material things. Sure. But yet, how many people have experienced this? They still feel something's missing. Yes. So, yes. There's an emptiness. There's a void there. Right. Because because it's built on things on a foundation of of something that's not going to stand, of something that right. that that that's not that that's not transcendent, yes. something that's just. Um, you know, it's just going to go away. But but if you, uh, Jesus says, you build your house on a, a strong foundation, the winds are going to come, the rains are going to come, yep. and that house is going to stand strong and firm. That's the joy that we build our life on. And that joy comes from Jesus Christ. Because even though you're joyful, you may not always be happy. Huh? But why? Because joy comes from doing the will of God. That's where true joy comes from. That leads to, that may, often leads to happiness, but may not always lead to happiness. For example, Mary at the foot of the cross, she was not happy, but she was joyful. That deep spiritual joy. Why? Because God's will was being fulfilled, right? Uh, but she was not happy about it. See, so there's a joy there. So, so, so how we express that? Again, a mother with children may express that differently than a Catholic apologist, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a college student, will express that more differently than uh, than the senior citizen in an in assisted living community. We, we just have to understand what our temperaments are and allow God to use us and the gifts that he gave us and the way that he made us to yes. express the beauty of his truth, to be Amen. that light on the hill. Amen. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to, to make clear to people is, and, you know, Deacon, you, you've been speaking for a long time and I, I've been speaking for, what, almost 33 yep. years now. And People come up sometimes and they they see you after you come off stage or after you come off, you know, being in front of the crowd and and you know th there's almost a comparison thing. And I want to tell people don't compare yourself to me or to Deacon or to Father or uh, you know my friend Eric Jenis, amazing musician, you, phenomenal concert pianist. There's nothing he can't play. You know Mozart to Billy Joel, he can play it all. And musicians would come up and want to compare, and he would say, no, no. He said whatever talent God gave you. You've got to find that and you've got to do prayer and, and effort and work, you know, and developing it by God's grace. You've got to use that talent. Don't compare, but be inspired. It's like being, it's like comparing yes. to the saints. I'll never be St. Francis of Assisi, even though he's, he's my patron <laughs> saint. I'll never be him. You know, he got beat up and thrown in a ditch by his friends and he laughed about it. I told my old spiritual director that once I said, father, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could just lay there and laugh about my friends just beat me up. And he said, Firmly, he said, don't ever compare yourself. Be inspired by the love they have for God, but then let God use you the way he made you to love him. Right. You know, you've got the Don Juans of Austria out yeah. there who Pius V goes to and says, I need you to raise up an army of warriors to, to fight. And then we had the Battle of Lepanto and the defense of the Catholic faith in Europe in 1571. You know, um, you've got uh, the Knights of Malta in 1565, who the warrior monks who fought for the faith there. You know, they fought, they bled, they died. But then you have the poets and the musicians and you have the, the, the saints that levitate and bilocate. You, you've got the intellects and you've got the, the St. Joseph Cupertino, who said was not so intelligent, but he would levitate over people and go venerate the statue of Our Lady and levitate back. And that was enough. Mm. The gifts and the talents vary. That's what it sounds like you're saying. And we need to explore those gifts and talents 
And then by prayer and God's grace, and we cooperate with that grace, we let those talents out. And Deacon, doesn't that then kind of set us free from feeling like, oh, I got to be on fire like Deacon Harold here. I've got to be, I've got to be on fire like, like Father Heilman. Like not every priest will do the same thing that Father Heilman does in his parish, but they will have other gifts and talents somewhere, somehow to do something in their parish. It, doesn't it give us a sense of freedom then, Deacon, when we know that it's not about comparison, it's about discovering the gifts that God gives me and, then, and gives me and then using those? Oh, exactly. I mean, what you just said, that whole thing you just said, Doug, well said, well said. C couldn't say it better myself. Well, if you want to put um, it in and, a book, and, and, feel free to go ahead and just give me a small <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just but, kidding. But but your your beautiful comment drew, drew my heart to, to Jesus' parable of the talents, right? He gave one guy like four talents, another guy two talents, another guy one talent. It didn't matter how much they were given. They all got, well, except for the guy that had the one talent, the other two were given the same reward. One was given more than another, but the reward was the same, right? right? right so just like right. you said, it doesn't matter how much you got, but you can't be the guy who takes what he's given and buries it, yes. right? I mean, he why? What, what prevented him? He was afraid. Mm. He took his light and he tried to bury the light, yeah. right? He, he was afraid to let that light shine because what, why, why are we afraid to do that in our life as Catholics? We're afraid, oh, someone might call me a Jesus freak. They might look at me funny. I might be the platform. They might stop liking me on Facebook. They might call me names. You know, they might, so what? So what? Who cares? I mean, call, call me all the names you want. I, I, I could care less, you know? Um, because they called Jesus' names, uh, they spat on him and mocked him all the way to the cross, right? So we, we have to take what we've given and multiply it for God's glory, right? right. So take the the the, the two the two the one talent you've been given and turn it into five talents, ten. Where's my twenty-fold, fifty-fold, a hundred-fold return on my investment? And mm -hmm. if you can't even do that, Jesus says, "Remember, he says." At least you could have put it in the bank and got some interest. Right, right, at, the, right. at least you, at least you could have. In other words, you, at least you could have made the effort. Yeah. Right. And and when we do make that effort, like you said, Doug, God gives us the grace and the sacraments. We cooperate yeah. with the grace of the sacraments to yeah. to elevate and to multiply those gifts so they can glorify God in the world. See, we we think we think it's all on us. It's not on us. God does the heavy lifting. Right. right. He right. he rose the little girl from the death, Lee Takum, little girl arise. Then he told the parents, give her something to eat. But yep. he left work for them to do. But Jesus did the heavy lifting himself. And we have to remember that that it's not about us. God will do the heavy lifting. We just have to say yes to have the courage to do our part to, to multiply those talents, to cooperate the gifts of grace, to be the light in the darkness. Yeah. You know, I, I concluded my sermon this weekend, you know, Litari Sunday. Uh, by calling us to be a light of truth, okay? And realize, too, that that's going to ignite hearts, but it's also going to face some opposition sometimes. It, but but you got to be a person of integrity. You can't be a hypocrite. Uh, you got to stand for, and you got to know the will of God and, and follow it and be willing to help other people who have, you know, been uh, indoctrinated or manipulated by the lies of the of, of the world and, and the prince of this world. Uh, so you got to stand with the truth, but be a light of truth. This is the light where we unite. Then I said, be a light of hope. You know, uh, um, I, I see a lot of people prepping. I'm doing, I'm starting to think about doing that because I don't know if God, what God's going to do. 
But, you know, one of the things we've got to be careful of is, again, not slipping into despair and giving up on God, yeah. right? I'm thinking now of David, you know, that David, uh, who was, uh, you know, anointed the king, but uh, but he stood, he, he's a little guy stumped against a huge giant. And when everybody else was despairing, I'm thinking of Braveheart, you know, oh, no, we'll run and we'll live. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll run and you'll, you'll live. But lying here on your bed, dying in your bed years from now, you'll look back and will I give up every day since then to just have one chance, one chance to stand up against these tyrants. Uh, you know, so it's to, to just keep hope alive, just to, to understand God is more powerful, but we need to draw him in and be that light and then be yeah. a light of joy, be a light of joy. You know, that gives people hope, uh, but, but it also, it solidifies their understanding that, and by joy, you named it deacon. It really means expressing whatever way God has gifted you to do it, that you found the treasure chest, you found the meaning of life. And that's what brings better than happiness it brings you a deepest kind of joy it's a spiritual Amen. wisdom mm. that you get to and then in that place you, you you just you live life to the fullest because life is amazing and god is amazing and the, this person standing next to me in the grocery store is amazing you know everything's amazing because um because you've uh, you you you've made that connection your wick got up to his sacred heart and you let yourself fall in love with him and he he's wants desperately that for all of us. He gives us that. I don't want that <laughs> that gift free will, <laughs> but then it, we'd, he'd be creating robots. But he gives us free will, so it's a it's a free act for us to love. It's not love if if we're, if we're just robots. But anyways, so Deacon, um, I think we're coming near the end of the, our time uh, tonight. Uh, this has been incredible, and I think. I, I think we've, with your great help, we've understood what does it mean to exercise the darkness of our times? You know, can you just sum up in, in, uh, in a little bit here, what, 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 what in essence then are we talking about? What does it mean for us to exercise the darkness of our times? Yeah. So what we have to do is first of all, recognize that we are in these dark times, recognize that we have being gifted by God, that through the sacrament of baptism and confirmation, which completes baptism, strengthen and nourish by Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity, yes. most blessed sacrament of Eucharist, we've been given what we need to go forward to be witnesses of God's love to the yes. world, to be that light in the darkness. But that light has to be stoked, right? So that's what Eucharistic adoration is about. Coming yes. together as a community of faith is about the holy sacrifice of the mass. And then taking what we received in word and sacrament, nourished and fed to go forward, to be light to the world, to be Eucharist to the world, to show uh, and witness to the power of God's love by our words and by our actions. To stand up in this culture with the truth. Truth, not being a, a construct, not being an idea or philosophy, truth is a person, Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, That's how we ultimately have uh, uh, ultimate happiness. We have that joy of the Lord that comes with cooperative grace of the sacraments to be that light in the darkness. Then we can go forward and people, as it says, they will see the good works that we do and give glory to yes. God. And yes. that's where all the glory needs to go to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, can I just add something real quick to that too, Deacon? Because you made me think about this as you were saying that. 
you know, we're, we're, we're looking at the darkness and I think a lot of people will say, you know, and I get this from people, Doug, what are we going to do? Or, or who's going to save it? Who's going to fix it? Well, Jesus, of course, is the savior, but what do we do? What's our role? Who in this world? Well, if we vote for these people, okay, let's put it all on the election. It's going to be the next president. It's going to be the next senator. It's going to be this person, that person. It's been proven over and over historically for centuries that is not where we find the order in a society. It plays a part, yes, the governance of people. But let's not put the emphasis there. Then some people say, well, I guess all we can do is just pray then. What do you mean all you can do is pray? I mean, isn't that the root of everything is right. having the deep dialogue with God? And if I pray my rosary, if I go to adoration, if I'm faithful in the sacraments, and I'm, I'm taking care of these very key, critical, deep dialogue moments with God— that in and of itself, it sounds like, in essence, what you're saying here, you and Father both, that is taking part in the exercising of the darkness. So instead of pointing at someone else saying, they're going to do it, the next election, it's going to be that great preacher. It's going to be when Deacon Harold comes and gives a great mission at the parish. Yeah. Well, Deacon can help. That's going to be part of it. But every individual in that mission, everybody in those pews has to take it upon themselves then to be part of that light by, by fulfilling these, these areas that have to do with the deep dialogue. I go back and I think about when Our Lady of Fatima appeared to the children and she said everybody, she wanted everybody in the world, I mean, to pray the rosary, not just a few people. Um, and it wasn't as if, okay, Russia is going to spread the error of her ways and there'll be a second world war if man doesn't stop offending God. All you can do is pray a rosary. I look at that and I, I juxtapose those and I think, She's telling us that what will help avert the war and keep Russia where, okay, these errors should be in, in, in the conversion of Russia, that has a lot to do with me being faithful to what she's saying here in praying the rosary and converting. So it sounds in essence like we are all part of that exercising of the darkness when we take these steps that you're talking about. Does that make sense? Did I, did I get that from you? No, you nailed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing. And what is Mary trying to do? Remember, when, when God wanted to bring salvation into the world, he did it through a family. <laughs> he did it through a family. Right, right. Strong families, strong family, strong church, strong church. We take back this culture. The more this, this world needs the light of Holy Mother Church. Uh, now more than I would say in the, in the past uh, several decades, you know, um, we, we need that light and we cannot be afraid to be that light. Why? Because we have truth on our side and truth is Jesus Christ. And as long as we stand firm with him, there is nothing to fear, right? There's nothing to fear. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a awesome. great way, place for us to conclude tonight. Nice. <clears throat> Deacon, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know I'm more lit up because of our time together. And uh, I pray that everybody who's listening, you know, that please, please hope in the Lord. Spend some time quietly in, in before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. You know, you could come early or stay late for Mass to, to, to do that. But uh, but let's get our wick, the wick of our soul, up to his, the sacred, the flaming sacred heart of Jesus. And let's ask the Lord to light up the land. Yeah. Let's, let's pray in the name amen. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen.
Amen. Thanks, Deacon. Thanks, Deacon Doug. Harold. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Thank brother. you for having me. Good to have oh, you. Oh, honored to be with both of you. Thank you so much for having me. Back at you, my friend.